Jeremiah Cobb commits to the Auburn Tigers. And also, let's have a little fun on this Independence Day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. And I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Jeremiah Cobb becomes the latest Auburn Tiger to join the 2023 class. We will break down his commitment as well as a little thought exercise pertaining to Independence Day. Happy July 4th to all of you listening. And we will wrap up today's show when I hit our guest today, Lindsey Crosby, baseball's Lindsey, uh, Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com and the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast with an extremely hard-hitting question. You don't want to miss that. But first things first, Lindsey. Jeremiah Cobb, Friday afternoon, commits to the Auburn Tigers, becoming the third member of this 2023 class. I've been very clear, very consistent over the last month or so that I think this kid can be a special, special offensive weapon in anybody's offense. And I think the fact that Auburn got him is huge for Brian Harson. It's huge for the program. It's huge for rounding out this class moving forward. Perhaps it gets you a little bit of momentum. Yeah, and when you go back and you look at the stats, and you had a great piece at Auburn Daily, uh, just talking about kind of what he had done on the ground, what he had done in the air. Uh, it's it's amazing that a player that is this talented, uh, this close to Auburn and, and Alabama, was still uncommitted at this point in time. And so for Auburn to go out and handle their own backyard, which is something that we've seen Brian Harson kind of focus on is getting these guys out of places like Montgomery that are, yeah. you know, somewhat between here and Tuscaloosa. Uh, definitely a big thing. Very excited to see Jeremiah Cobb and just kind of drooling over what this room is going to look like in 2023 after Tank Bixby ostensibly has left and gone to the NFL. Yeah, which is a crazy thing to say that uh, I think a lot of folks would agree Tank Bixby is a top two. You could argue he's the best player on this roster. I, I think he's probably second or third, but still, regardless, you are talking about a position group now where when he leaves, which we all assume something terrible would have to happen for him to not leave after this season for the draft. And it's like, we're okay. We're fine because we believe in Jarquez Hunter. Seems like Damari Austin is going to be a really, really good back. And we all have a ton of faith that Jeremiah Cobb can be a day one impact player because of his skill set, right? Because he can do so many different things, Lindsay. You mentioned his receiving prowess. You mentioned his ability to run between the tackles. I think he's going to be disciplined enough to, you know, stay on the field and blitz pickup. I mean, this is a guy that could get on the field as a freshman uh, as a third down back, especially when you look at the guys ahead of him. And, and at that point, I think they're going to try to spell Hunter a little bit and kind of give him, you know, not every single touch. So, it's just such a big thing because he can do so many things, and that's what gets you on the field early and often. And I'm sure, Lindsey, I'm very confident when Cadillac was recruiting this guy, when co uh, running backs coach Carnell Williams was recruiting Jeremiah Cobb, I'm sure that came up over and over and over again. Early playing time, instant impact on offense, over and over and over again. And uh, also the fact that your family's not too far away. Yeah, I mean, they can... Listen, like you're you're an hour away. 
They can come see you. You can go home and get drop off your laundry if you want. It's whatever you need to do. But look at your skill set and then look at what we are primed to do. You are great at carrying the ball. I mean, you 11 yards a carry in 2021. Amazing stats. Um, well, guess what? We, this year, are going to feature these two backs, and we are going to carry the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also, you average 23-plus yards per reception. Well, guess what? We've got Zach Calzada. We've got a revamped wide receiver room. We're going to show what we can do there. And it's just like, we're going to show, and watch Tank Bigsby do it, we're going to show how we can set you up to be drafted by the NFL. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Tank Bigsby's an NFL back. I think Jarquez Hunter will be liked by the NFL. And I think Jeremiah Cobb has a chance to do that too. Damari Austin, uh, I mean, I think it's still too early to tell. But obviously what he's done as a high school player. And then... Um, with, with, and a recruiter. That's right. And a recruiter. That's right. He's got a future in football somewhere. If he doesn't make the league, somebody Auburn needs to bring him back as a recruiter ASAP. Absolutely. So now this this class, right, the 2023 class for the Auburn Tigers has three guys on it. And they're all, I think they're all guys that can contribute very, very early in their time here. And there's a couple different ways you can look at it because it's like, oh, Auburn only has three guys. Well, the three guys are very talented. Braden Joyner, Terrence Love, and now Jeremiah Cobb. You need more. You need more than just those three guys. But the three dudes that they have, I think, can all be starters within their first two seasons on the Plains, which is awesome. You love that. You need 15 more of them, but that, it's a great... <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess so. Um, does this give you... Does this make you feel any better about how this class is rounded out? Are you still on the, hey, it's early July, there's plenty of time train, or are you starting to get a little concerned? I'm still on the, it's early July, there's plenty of time okay. train. And a part of that, I think, is so many players have had a chance to commit and have not done it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it very much feels like a, we are waiting to see the results on the field. Yeah. Which, that's what Brian Harson wanted, right? Like, he wanted to come here and make it all about ball. And so, we have we have players who have come in for visits. We have players who have checked out the campus. They have an offer. They are, it is a committable offer they are waiting to see what we do on the field. And right. so at the end of the day, you don't want to lose a recruiting battle because of something stupid like they have a lazy river. In this case, if we these 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 recruiting battles, we're going to win and lose these recruiting battles based on how we perform on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's ultimately the best you can ask for is, hey, we are just as interested in coming to you as we are coming to Georgia or Alabama. We just want to see what the product on the field looks like that's the best you can ask for when you're facing two giant programs like that right jeremiah cobb huge addition um hopefully he can get the tigers some momentum going over the next week or so as a lot of guys are planning to make their announcements over the next seven days or so as we wrap up this conversation about jeremiah cobb my internet just blinked if i lose you and this the rest of this sounds terrible it's because it's storming as we record this um but jeremiah cobb Corn on the cob, acceptable side piece for a 4th of July festivities? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Corn on the cob is classic Americana. Love it. Okay. Uh, I would even also take a uh, a roasted corn salad. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. 
Lindsey Crosby, our guest. All right, in just a moment, let's have a little fun with uh, with a holiday that it is Independence Day. If you've been listening to my show for a few years, you've heard me do this a few times. It's ridiculous, um, but I love it. So we'll jump into that in just a moment. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810, 810 million people. That's a lot of folks. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality and quantity hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Lindsay, I think you were on when we did this last year. But it's Independence Day. I think it's important that we talk about some of the players that may gain their independence on the field. And that can come in different ways. That can come in different ways, Lindsay. It could be a pass catcher separating themselves and gaining independence from the defender. It could be somebody gaining independence from the rest of the group on the depth chart. Ton of different ways we can do this. All right, Lindsay, I'll start. I'll start with my favorite acquisition of the offseason. Yes, I'm talking about Coy Moore, the transfer wide receiver from LSU. I I think his upside this season is huge. I think he will have an immediate impact despite when he's coming in in the offseason. And I think this is a guy that is going to consistently move the chains for the Auburn Tigers. Now, I do have an asterisk next to Coy Moore because I do think he's going to gain independence, separation from opposing defenders, but I don't think that he necessarily needs to do that in order for him to be successful. I think he's going to be able to do a lot with just a little bit of separation, a little mm-hmm. bit of independence. And so um, I got an asterisk next to Coymore, and that's why, because I don't think he needs a ton of independence. I just think he needs a little bit of space, and he's going to be able to do a whole lot with that. But yeah, I, I got to start this list off with Coymore. I, I kind of figured you would. I uh, picked somebody else for my first guy. Okay. And my first guy, I'm, I'm changing the concept of independence away from breaking away from defenders and more so from when it comes to playing time, breaking away from the log jam at his position. Interesting. And, th- and this is pass catcher Landon King. Called him a pass catcher. He is officially a wide receiver now, not a tight end. Yeah. He is now listed on Auburn's roster as a wide receiver, which... Wide receiver number 40. Can't think of many times I've seen a wide receiver with that number. No, that's but, weird. That's weird yeah, for sure. It's totally weird. But uh, five catches last year, 59 yards. Obviously, very memorable touchdown and overtime against Alabama. And the question that we kind of had going into this season was, you have all these tight ends who have returned. You have John Samuel Schenker on his COVID year as a super senior. You have uh, you know, Luke Deal and Fromm and everybody else and how was how were they going to work out Landon King on the at the same time? Was he going to play receiver snaps? Was he mostly going to be split out wide? Obviously, now we have the answer. He's done enough to separate himself from that log jam of the position. He will now have the independence of I don't have to take tight end snaps. I can take wide receiver snaps. So he has been set free from that uh, 
battle for playing time in the tight end room and yeah. has joined a wide receiver room that has had a lot of additions. And I think he will be one of the more physically imposing wide receivers on this roster at 6'5", 220. Okay, no, I, I like that. I don't like that you got to Landon King before me. Um, he would have been next, but that's fine. You came in ready to play, and I, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Tank Bixby. I, I think this is an obvious one, but the thing that he lacks most as far as impressing NFL scouts is that extra gear when it comes to when he gets into the open field, what does he do? He's great in small spaces. He's great in between the tackles. He's great at falling forward. He's got the power. The big thing is when he's in the open field, can he gain independence from that last defender and score a touchdown from 60 out? That, that, I think that's the next thing that he needs to do. And that can come in different ways, Lindsay. That can come on the ground. Or what a lot of people are really excited about, and, and we've seen kind of snips of him working out and you know catching passes, it can come through the passing game. And I think that's going to be how he does it. I think that's going to be how he impresses more and more NFL teams and get his draft stock up to possibly in the first round. I think it's a bit of a long shot, but I do think it's possible. And if he is to do that, he's going to have to have some kind of like Clyde Edwards, Elair ascension. And a lot of that had to do with what he can do in space after he gains independence and once he gets the football in his hands. So um, take Bigsby's there for me. Real quick before I go to mine, uh, on that note, career long for Tank Bigsby, 51-yard carry. Uh, does he break that this year? Yes. Okay, fair I'll enough. say he has three rushes longer than 51. Or three plays oh. longer than 51 this year. Three, th- three plays. Nice caveat. I like that. Kind of shows we're going to use him more in the passing game. I hope so. Uh, my, I hope so. My second guy is also maybe not necessarily in the context of separating from a defender physically, but more so, again, with that playing time and position thing. Interesting. Jarquez okay. Hunter. Ooh, okay. Well, because, how so? Okay, so Jarquez Hunter, to me, is, is... I don't think he's... like I think we know for a fact he is the number two running back. We don't have a question. There was rumors earlier in the year, especially after a day when you have when you saw what Sean Jackson did, mm-hmm. that you know probably got put on scholarship, that we would have Tank Bigsby and then just a group of running backs behind him. And I, I think uh, it is kind of now understood now that Jarquez Hunter is getting back to full health. That it is Bigsby is one, Jarquez Hunter is two, and then after him you will see Sean Jackson competing with Damari Alston. Um, and and Jordan Ingram and all kind of other guys for whatever carries are left over at the number three spot. But he is clearly solidified as the number two running back on the roster, and I would expect him to get a lion's share of the backup carries, uh, you know, more so than you see like a, a nine against Akron, a nine against Penn State, a 10 against Georgia State. I expect to see him getting double-digit carries in most games this season. Let me Let me piggyback that point. Okay. What if, I think this is going to be good for Auburn, because this is kind of where a lot of Auburn fans, and it seems like some players got frustrated last year with how the offensive coaching staff managed personnel. What if, Lindsay? I would say that it would be positive for the Auburn football team this year to for Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby to have independence and separation from each other as far as roles. I don't necessarily want Jarquez Hunter to just be Tank Bigsby's backup. I want them both installed into the game plan in very specific roles. Now, they do similar things, 
but I want them to be used in different ways by this offensive coaching staff. I will sign on to that provided that you're not incredibly rigid with that, where it ends up telegraphing what you're going to do. Sure. That was something that we Great saw point. a lot with Gus. You would know totally. certain guys came in. This is going to be a, like a, an outside run versus something up the middle. But I do think that there is, there is plenty of, of bandwidth in both of their games where you can give them separate but defined roles. And if that occasionally leads to them being on the field at the same time, I think that's a great problem to have as well. I think you no now question. have enough depth in the backfield in the room. We talked about Cobb in the first segment joining after the season, but just the guys that are there now where you can have them on the field at the same time. Uh, they can run complimentary things to each other. I think it'd be really interesting. And that's something I want to see Auburn do more of this year. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I just think back to, you know, Penn State last year. I, I think Georgia State this happened. May have happened in South Carolina as well, where, like, Jarquez was just in. And it's like he was just in, like, as the backup to Tank. And it's like, no. He was in for sake of being in. Yeah. Yeah, let's have purpose when he's in there. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Glad we agree on that. And then I guess the last one. Before I hit you with just a super important question. Okay. Uh, Zach Calzada. Zach Calzada. Does he gain that separation, much like you kind of talked about Jarquez with all the other running backs to be that number two guy? Does Zach Calzada or Robbie Ashford or TJ Finley, I think it's going to be Calzada, but whoever the starting quarterback is, do they gain that independence from the rest of the quarterback room before the season starts? Or is this kind of a thing that doesn't end what Auburn kicks off the season. I think he does. I am a believer that Zach Calzada is going to be the starter, and I think he's going to be rather effective to the point where the job is unquestionably his by the end of that opening series of games that we have all at home. Yeah. Um, now, I have been told, I have heard rumors, I have read on Auburn Daily, I have heard on this podcast, there are discussions about specific packages for Robbie Ashford mm. uh, and finding ways to get him in the game, get him on the field, get the ball in his hands. I'm right. excited to see that. But I think that uh, with any other quarterback starting other than Calzada, Ashford coming in the game for packages would lead to a lot of conversation about two quarterback systems and things like that. I think Calzada is going to play well enough where it is unquestionably going to be his job. And Ashford will just come in as a change of pace and situational stuff and then give it back to Calzada. Right, right. All right, Lindsay, in just a moment, uh, a quarterback-related listener question, then I hit you with just a hard-hitting question that I can't wait to hear your thoughts on in just a moment here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's um, Major League Baseball season as things are heating up, pun intended, as it is so hot outside um, throughout the summer here for Major League Baseball. Live betting baseball is extremely fun. They also have lines for esports, reality TV shows. They've got everything over at Bet Online, including futures for your college football and NFL seasons that are rapidly approaching. Bet Online, where the game starts. Lindsay, before I hit you with my hard hitting question here. We have a question via the Lockdown Auburn Discord from Alaka Blam. Said, here's an interesting... What's that's up? That's how I read that too, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. 
Here, here is an interesting question. Who had the bigger advantage going into their perspective first season with Harson? Bo Nix or probable starter Zach Calzada? This is an absolute no-brainer to me. Banger of a question, though. Good question. Love this. Is it? Is this a good question from Alec Ablam? I, I think it's Bo Nix, and I don't even have to think about it. I mean, you... I've wanted to do this, but stuff keeps happening. Like, go back 365 days and, like, what was the storyline? What were we talking about? Because there's a lot different perspective, a massively different perspective on the football season and the Auburn football program 365 days ago. But Mm -hmm. part of that was, oh, my goodness, Bo Nix has a chance to be huge. And, like, we all know the meme, right? The meme of, like, he's focused and having fun, dark horse for Heisman, yada, yada, yada. And obviously that was exaggerated. And obviously it was hilarious. But there was some belief that he would take a big step forward with Brian Harson calling the shots on offense. And he had his best season ever. He did. I mean, it was still a roller coaster, but it was his best season ever. Um, so to me, it, it was Bo Nix just because so much was expected and rolled out. And I, I think now we realize there wasn't really a competition, even though TJ Finley came in. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's Bo Nix. See, for me, I'm looking at this from a different perspective than you are. For great. me, it was an immediate answer of Zach Calzada. And awesome. that's why I think this is a great question. Sure. Because the bigger advantage, for me, I look at what's the difference between their expected performance and what could they actually do. Mm. Bo Nix... There was belief Bo Nix would have had a really good season last year. He was expected to have a really good season last year. Uh, the expectate third-year starter in the SEC, a new coach, a new offensive system that is geared towards what he does well. So I wouldn't say he was at an advantage because he had incredibly high expectations. Zach Calzada doesn't necessarily have amazing numbers from last season. He's had some signature moments, the Alabama you know, game, things like that. But uh, the expectations aren't as high for Zach Calzada because he doesn't have the track record of having done it and he wasn't able to participate in, in spring practice. So there's a bigger delta between a reasonable expectation of what Calzada is going to do yeah. and what he's actually capable of. And I would rather be the guy of, I'm new to this school and I'm going out, it's my first chance to play for you and show you what I can do. Yeah versus I've been here for two years, there are people calling me a bust, and the expectations are incredibly high, and I have to perform in year three. So for me, is in a much better situation than Nick's was, simply because of the lowered expectations. Interesting, interesting. Alec Bland, thank you for the question. If you want to ask a question, the best way is to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. That link is in the episode description down below, or in the uh, episode summary if you're listening via audio and just uh, type it into the pod questions channel. Really appreciate that. All right, Lindsay, let's wrap things up with an absolute banger of a question. Last night, leading into the fourth, um, we decided to warm the grill up a little bit and uh, grill some hot dogs, which leads to the question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? So have you heard of the cute rule of food? I I have because you've told me, and this is why I wanted to ask you this. Okay. So the way that this works is you define what is a sandwich 
by the location of the bread. Okay. So there is the cube. Okay. If you have bread on one side of the picture box of your protein, a cube. Yeah. Yeah. Cube. Yes. If you have bread on one side on the bottom, that's toast. Right. If you have it on two parts, that's a sandwich. Okay. Keep going around. If you do bread on three parts of your protein, that's technically a taco. Mm. So a hot dog is technically a taco. What if, if what if have, it's on all sides? What is it? If it's on all sides, it's our number one quarterback, a calzone. There we go. Cube rule of food. It's cuberule.com. Yeah, it's a thing. It's on the it's internet. It's true. Hot um, dog's a taco, baby. Before my internet and my power goes out for the fourth time in this recording, Lindsay, how can people find you, hear you, and all that? If the quality was trash, that is 100% my fault. I apologize. Lindsay, um, yeah, how can people find you, hear you, read you, all that stuff? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked in MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We're getting really close to, to the MLB draft, so it'll be a lot of draft coverage there. But we're also talking Rookie of the Year on today's show. So you want to Sweet. check that out. My Auburn baseball writing, auburndaily.com. Starting this week, we're going to be dropping our MLB scouting reports for a lot of the draft-eligible players. And then the merch, aushirts.com. Thank you so much. That is Lindsey Crosby. And once again, apologize, folks. I've never, I've never had that happen. I've never had uh, power go out. Not once, but three times. Three times while we're recording this. So apologies. Apologies if the internet connection sounded bad at some parts there. But hey, we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.